Thank you, Kier, for reading the story for us today. Um, this is a familiar story for a lot of us growing up in church. And if it's not familiar to you, no worries. Uh, I would encourage you to read through the entire chapter, actually. Uh, Luke chapter 15 is a chapter about loss. Uh, there are three parables, three stories Jesus told in that uh, chapter, a lost coin, a lost sheep, and also a lost son. And uh, the major point out of that chapter, those three parables, is God is so after those who are lost that he's willing to leave the 99 to chase after the one. He's willing to to stop everything and go find that lost coin. And in this particular parable that we're looking at, he's willing to to wait and run toward the lost son when he's returned home. Um, as I was preparing for this sermon, I remember over a year ago, we were preaching actually in the same exact chapter. It was in a series called Mercy Journey uh, that I uh, preached from this chapter, chapter 15, actually this part, the third parable in the chapter, but only in the first part. And just a year later, a long year later for a lot of us, if not all of us, COVID finally is getting to a point that we can open up, uh, declining and it's such a point that we can open up our county, our state. And so I don't want to just quickly move on and forget what God has done in our lives and his goodness to us and his mercy. Um, and that past, in that certain particular sermon, we talked about how God was a heavenly father who chased after the lost, uh, lost son. And that's really is the main, 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 um, point for this passage and uh after i preached that sermon actually my wife hannah was asking me how come you didn't preach about the older brother uh lo and behold uh i'm preaching it a year later and and oftentimes when we look at this chapter we don't look at the older brother and at the at the time that sermon i didn't preach on it because uh it wasn't exactly uh, where the sermon was going toward uh but today as i was praying for for fathers they want to preach on i thought um preaching on the second part of this parable or a third of this, a later third of this parable, really a short portion of this will help us hopefully be an encouragement to you as we look at our heavenly father. I want to show you uh, an illustration here. I have a $10 bill, a very crisp $10 bill. Um, Just a show of hands, whoever clicks first, you got to have it. So a show of hands, how many of you want a dollar bill? Click on the thumbs up, right? I would assume that if it's free money, all of you want it. Now, this is a crisp bill. What if I do this to the bill? Now it is all wrinkled. All wrinkled. Now I ask the same question again. How many of you will want this dollar bill, uh, this $10 bill? Would any of you not want this dollar bill because it's wrinkled? No. You will want that dollar bill whether it's wrinkled. I'll wrinkle it again, and I will still see the same thumbs raising for that $10 bill. Whether it is crisp or not, whether it is wrinkled or not, I can spill coffee on it and it will still be what? Worth $10. I share this to start out today is because we have a heavenly father who looks at us and loves us because we're value. Not we have value on our own, but we have value because he had made us. It doesn't matter if we're nice, clean, straight, we have iron shirt, uh, our lives are doing well. It doesn't matter if our lives is a mess like this crumbled $10 bill. It doesn't matter if we have stuff all over it, mud, coffee, 
teasing all over. It doesn't matter how, how messed up our life is, or maybe God still looks at us and say, I love you. I value you. That's the father that we have. That's the heavenly father that we put our faith in. That's the heavenly father that this story is telling us. Let me just quickly summarize the story for you. Luke chapter 15. We did not read this portion from 11 to 24. Uh, uh, basically, there this man, a rich man, has two sons, a younger son and an older son. Uh, the younger son decided that he wanted his inheritance, basically saying, Dad, I want you to be dead. Give me your money, the money that's supposed to be mine when you're dead. And he took and the father mm-hmm. gave him the money and he decided to go waste it on on prostitutes, waste his life away and spent all the money only to hit rock bottom in his life. And while he was hit while he hit rock bottom in his life, he realized what he did not have, what he missed out on. So he decided that maybe it's a good idea for me to even go back to my father, but not as a son, but as a servant. And so he decided to do that. And the story continues as he was walking back to his father's house. His father, this, this, this rich man, this man with the robe, uh, a dignified man, pulled up his robe and ran after the son and welcomed him home through a big party because he realized his lost son is now found. And that's where that's where we start. Uh, we start picking up the story in verse twenty five, where Carrie read for us. So during this, imagine this happy celebration. This lost son is being found. Party. There's music going on. Then we read on in verse twenty three, where we'll pick up our story today. It says that now this older son was in the field. Remember, the younger brother was the wayward son, what was called commonly known as prodigal son. He left and wished father dead. Now he returned back and the father embraced him. But then there is, is this older brother. And here's this older brother was in the field and he came and he got close and then he heard the music and dancing. Then he asked the servant, what's going on? Why is there a party going on while I came back from work? Then the servant told him, your brother has come back. In verse 27, your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. But instead of being excited, this older brother was angry. This older brother uh, stomped his feet, did not want to go in and celebrate. Because he told, he, he told his father, he said, look, I've served you faithfully for all these years. And yet you don't even give me a go to celebrate with my friends. But when this guy, this brother came back, this wayward brother of mine came back, he, he wished you dead. And now he's willing to, he's coming back. And now you throw him a party. It seems like such an unfair thing to do. And then the father said to him, son, you're always with me. All that is, all that is mine is yours. And the father reminded him, it is actually really fitting. It is the right thing to do. Because your brother was dead. But because he returned home now, he has life. There are two simple things I want to share with us today about the father's love. The first thing that we we see in this story is simply that the father's love for us is not determined by who we ought to be, but who we are. Our heavenly father's love for us is not determined by who we ought to be, but who we are. Our father's love for us does not determine, uh, is not determined by how, how crisp our lives may be, how clean our lives may be, 
Are we living the way we should? Are we uh, living up to the standard that we should? Instead, our Father's love for us is simply because we are his creation. Looking at the story again, we see the same thing. The father's love for the younger son was not that the younger son needed to shape up. Now kind of live your life for three months. Now figure it out. Have it all figured out. Now come home. Then I will receive you and love you back. No, the story simply was the younger son came to his senses. And while he was still a mess, eating with the pig's food, while he was a mess, he has this realization. His life was not nowhere near clean. But he came to the senses that he needs to return home. And the father's love was wide open for him. And just like the father in the parable, our, God, our heavenly father did not wait for us to shape up, kind of live that perfect life. Let's be a good citizen. He, his love is not determined by what you ought to do and what you think you need to do. But his love for us is completely determined by who we are. As we look at the the last sermon series on God's design, God created us out of love. It was said in Jeremiah 31, 3, he said to the way, remember Jeremiah, these people were disobedient. These people were not doing what they ought to do. The people of God were not doing what they were ought to do. They got kicked out by God and notice what God said to them. Notice what the heavenly father said to them. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness to you. You see, our heavenly father does not wait for you to be to living how you ought to live. Then he shows love to you. Our heavenly father has been showing love to you all along. The, 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 the father in the parable was loving the prodigal son, prodigal son all along. Even when he let him go, he was still loving on him, wishing for him to return. You see, we are loved by God, not because of what we can do, but simply because of who we are. God created us. We are his creation. He loves us. The son did nothing to earn God's love. Neither did you and I do anything to to earn God's love. That's why I always joke about birthday, because birthday is always about us. In fact, but, but the reality is we did nothing. We just we were just born. Like we didn't do make any effort to come out of our mother's womb. But yet we are the recipient of gifts and parties and birth and all these great things. Even though birth was given to us, you did nothing to earn that life. It was out of the love and the labor of the mother and the father that you receive this love. So perhaps maybe we should stop calling it birthday, but we call it born day and celebrate our parents, especially our mothers. You see, in the same way, the father does not love the son because he did what he ought to do. The father loves his son because the father loves his son because the son is are there are his sons. That's it. Nothing else. And that is the same way God the father looks at us. We are created by God. And even when we were in a way, we are like the prodigals. Even when we strayed away, God said, I still love you. See, God loves the younger son and the older son just the same. God has the same amount of love. God loves them equally. God loves them completely. See, God loves the younger son. God wants the younger son to come home. 
God did not wait till he said, I figured it out. I know, I know how to live like, uh, like what my father wanted me to live. Then now I can come home and my father will love you. No. The father loved him so much that with the, the sight of him at the gate, he ran out and jetted out there and go embrace this lost son. Now there's some of us here. You perhaps during COVID for whatever reasons. You have wandered away from God. I'm glad that you're joining us in worship. I'm glad that you're joining us on YouTube or on Zoom. I'm glad that you're here because I believe God is calling you home. It may be a million reasons. Maybe you feel guilty that you have left God. Maybe you feel guilty that you wandered away and you're wondering, can I come home? I want you to know from this passage right here, God wants you to come home. God loves you. He doesn't want you to feel to, to feel like you need to shape up so that you can come home. God is calling you lovingly to come home. Maybe some of you who are listening and watching, you got burned and got hurt by people at church. You haven't stuffed foot into a gathering of people for a while. Maybe you feel neglected. You feel not loved. But I want you to know our Heavenly Father loves you. He's calling you home. Perhaps there are some of us who have been playing church for a long time. You've been doing the religious thing. You've been going to the church, doing the church thing, but you never really had a relationship with Jesus Christ. You never have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. God, our Heavenly Father is calling you home. He's not telling you, go shape up. Go iron out that, that, that dollar bill, that $10 bill, iron that root shape and get a new, then you come home. No, he said, come home. I'm waiting for you. I don't know about you. That is the great news of the gospel. This is why Jesus was sent from heaven to earth. This is why God said, I so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is a message to those who have wandered away from God, who have who are far away from God to come home. He loved you so much. He sent his son to die for you so that you can come home. Did you know that it is God's, it is in God's heart. It is good in the fullest sense of that word. That it is good and pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Notice it doesn't say, now he desires all people to say once they figure their lives out. Once they get shape up. Once they be behavior, uh, have this behavior change. No, God said once you realize you need the Father, come home. And if there's any one of us here today. Who are tired and weary. Who have enough of this word. And you want to come home to the father. To God our heavenly father. I want you to message me. Privately. Because I want to contact you. And share with you more. How you can come to know our heavenly father. Do not mistake coming to church. Do not mistake doing religious things. Is. Having a relationship with the father. Our Heavenly Father is waiting for you to come home. He loves you. He loves you so much. He's willing to send his son to die for you. And he tells you, you don't need to figure it out life on your own. Come to me and I will lead you. I will celebrate. I will help you with your life. 
See, our Heavenly Father loves even the prodigal son. But here's the second point I want to make for many of us who might not have been drifted away, for many of us who are not the prodigal son, for many of us, we feel like we're the older son. I want, I want to share with you that not only did the Father's love is not determined by what we ought to do, but, but by who we are. Here's the second, second observation, second point here, is that the Father's love is not marked by what he gives us, but by who he is to us. Let me repeat it again. I did not put it on the slide. The father's love is not marked by what he gives us, but by who he is to us. You see, so often we think of love as what we can get. Tangible thing. We love to measure God's love for us by what he gives us. But our Heavenly Father measures his love for us by who he is to us. Our hearts are conditioned by the world to what is seen. But our Father loves to give us what is unseen. Paul reminds us in Corinthians that what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. We want things. We want tangible things. We want things like these. And But God wants to give us something more than that. God wants to give us his love. You know, what's really interesting is if you ever ask a kid, what do you want from your parents? Their answers are almost always tangible, physical, material things. Mom, I want an iPad. Mom, I want an iPhone. Mom, I want this game. Mom, I want to go on this vacation. Mom, I want to do this thing. They're tangible, visible things. But try asking a parent what they want to give to their children. It is almost always intangible, invisible, non-physical thing. A parent wants to give his child love. A parent wants to give his child security. A parent wants to give his child comfort. A, 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 a parent wants to give his child affirmation, approval. Things that we cannot touch, things that we cannot see, things that we cannot, no, cannot be, 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 be tangible, invisible. That's not to say that we can, parents don't give things to children, but the things in this self as a parent, a parent knows that things in this self does not guarantee relationship. A th- things, physical, visible, tangible, earthly possessions may be a means to communicate love, but in itself, it is not love. Think about that for a second. A squirrel. A daddy squirrel gives food to a baby squirrel. He provides for the squirrel. Does that mean that 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 uh, daddy squirrel is a great father? Well, it can be because he's providing. But is that all it is to be a great dad? Just to provide? Is that the standard we want fatherhood to be? <laughs> As a father, is that what I aspire to be? Just like the squirrel that I can give things to my child? You see, our Heavenly Father wants to give us more than just things. Our Heavenly Father wants to give us Himself, His love, 
a relationship. As a father, I want to give my kids more than just, I might buy them a basketball, but what I really want to do is spend time with them at the end of the day outside that backyard. We might go on vacation. We may take them on vacation. But what we really want is not just them to have an experience of things, but we really want to spend time as a family together to love and, and, and invest in one another. I might buy them what they want for Christmas that they wish for that to have for a long time. But what I really want them to feel is that they are provided for their care. They're cared for that. They're loved by their parents. You see, in this story, we see the older son was looking for the thing. But the father reminds him that he has something far greater to give him. Look at what it says in chapter 15, verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. The younger son came back. Remember, party was party music was blasting. There's there. He can smell the barbecue. They're roasting the calf. And notice what happened. The older son came in, heard all that, smelled it probably, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And the servant said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But instead of being happy, notice his attitude, but he was angry. And refused to go in. His father came out and he treated him. Why was he angry? Why did he refuse to go in? Here's what he says to his father. Look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Church, don't miss this. The older brother was so after the fattened calf, that he completely forgets what he has with his father. The older brother was sitting on the table looking. His mind was just thinking about that fattened calf that he should have had, could have had, deserved to have, and he completely missed out on what God has already given to him, what the father has already given to him. And here's the thing, sometimes in our moments of weakness and immaturity, we do the same thing, don't we? We wanted that fattened calf. We wanted that thing. We wanted, God, give me that thing. Show me you love me. Give me that job. Give me that car. Give me that uh, that that grade. Give me whatever that fattened calf is. And he was so focused on the party that he missed out on this relationship with the father. He was so looking forward to that fattened calf that he he forgotten, he has forgotten the daily provision that his father has given to him. His father had given him a place to stay, a a work, a stable job. Likely his father owned um, a lot of properties and he's given him and, 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 uh, uh, presumably for the older son that he would inherit the business he would inherit the land for sure we know the younger brother for, through the younger brother he has a pretty substantial inheritance waiting for him he has a stable job he has the love and most important he has the love of the father see we we can easily fix our eyes on the fattened calf and we've forgotten and we can forget easily forget the love the relationship that the father has with us every single day we can forget 
about his provision. How he provides for you day after day. How he was there with you when you're down. How he provides what you need. We can easily forget about his protection. That the fact that we live save lives, the fact that we, have, we do not have COVID, the fact that we've been, we, we have the vaccination, simple things like that. And, but most importantly, we forget not only just protection, not only provision, we often forget because of the fattened calf that we're looking at, we forget his presence in our lives. Notice what the father said to the son. He said to him, son, you are always with me all that is mine is yours notice the father in the parable in the story did not say oh yeah i'll kill your calf oh yeah i'll kill you that go i'll throw you another party no you know why the father did not say that because the father knows something far greater for him he reminded the son you are always with me my presence is the greatest gift that you have that you are with me Think about the younger brother. Do you think he wants to go back to that lifestyle? Do you think that he wanted that that golden calf now? Do you think he might be enjoying it right now? But what he missed the most is not things. What he missed the most is the presence of the father. And here the father is telling us, telling the older brother, my greatest sign of love for you are not things. Is my presence. I am always with you. See, God is so much, so much more interested in being with you than doing things for you. God is so much more interested in being with you. That is a greater sign of love than just doing things for you. Some of us may be struck, may have struggled in finding approval. From your earthly fathers. Some of you. You try so hard. To earn. Approval from your father. And you get what I'm saying here. Because you, you, you try to do things. To earn that approval. But all your father does is. Give you things. And you will exchange. All the things that your father might have given you. For a simple acceptance of you. For your father to say. I love you. I see you. I love you for who you are. And here our Heavenly Father is saying that to you, to all of us. He wants to give us more than just things. He wants us to give him, give us himself. And that is what's available to the to the older brother. That's available to you. And here's the question I want to ask you. Our Heavenly Father wants to be with you. Our Heavenly Father is with us every single day, every throughout the day. But the question is, are you always there with him? Church, don't overestimate the value of things of this world. And shortchange and undervalue the importance of God's love in your life. I want to challenge you. Don't look so much into the fattened cap and forgot about and forget about what is readily available for you every single day. 
the heavenly father, the one who created the heavens and earth, the one who loves on you with everlasting love. He wants to be with you. Are you willing to be with him? Don't quickly and say, God doesn't love me because he doesn't give me something. But all along, God is there with you. And the, 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 the trouble is we're not there with him. Here's a challenge I want to give you in this summer. What are your students, your working professionals? Here's a challenge for you. I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to I challenge you to retaste, to rediscover if you have forgotten the sweet love of our Heavenly Father. By spending time with him in his word, by listening to him through his word, by talking to him through prayer. It is those simple moments of silence, stillness of our, our days, where we hit pause to what we're doing. And just be in the presence of our father and let him pour out his love over us. Those are the true treasures that we have in Jesus, the true treasure we have with our earth, heavenly father. And so don't miss out on those things because I know during the school year, you're too busy with schoolwork. But during summertime, we're too busy with doing other activities as well. So there seems to be no special time, no, no good time to be with the father. And yet that is the very treasure that our father wants to give you, wants to give me. He wants to be with us. He wants to. He wants you to hear from him. He wants you to talk to him. Several months ago, I read an article from the Wall Street Journal. Our world, our secular world, have figured this out. And sadly to say, for many of us as Christians, we we have forgotten about this. I was reading a, a, from Wall Street Journal one of the articles on on, on on the publication talking about the need to take breaks. The need to hit pause during the day to create, to increase productivity. How, how our bodies are made not to function at full speed for all throughout the day, but periodically we need to take breaks away from what we're doing so that we can pause and slow down. I get uh, coupons through Groupon all the time for uh, meditations, for uh, sessions that you can pay for $30 an hour. Someone would tell you to go meditate and sit with you and tell you what you need to think about. You see, our, our, our secular world and figure out the, the need to hit pause. But what they did not know is hitting pause alone won't, won't solve our problem. We, we, we need God himself. And here God is telling us, you don't need to pay $30 a, a session for an hour to be quiet. You get to be with me, not just be quiet. You get to be with the creator of the universe. I am ready to be with you. I'm ready to speak to you. I'm ready to comfort you. I'm ready to pour my love over you. If you will only just sit down and slow down and be with me. Man, he wants to do so much more than just give us things. He wants to be with us. So again, are you looking so much forward to the fan cap that perhaps you're sitting right across from the father? You don't even see him because that fan cap has blocked your view of the father. If that's the case, I encourage you to pray and ask God to, 
for forgiveness. I encourage you to ask God to give you the, 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 the energy, the discipline, the, the love for him to pause and to be with your father. Because our heavenly father longs to be with us. Luke chapter 11. Here Jesus comparing earthly fathers to our heavenly fathers. Here's what he says. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how good to give good gifts to your children. He's referring to earthly fathers. Even as as earthly fathers, we know how to give good gifts to our children and we're evil. Listen, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know what comes with the Holy Spirit? Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Do you want any of that? Because our Heavenly Father said, I want to give it to you. I want to pour those things into your life, but you just need to come to me. You need to be with me so I can pour these things because I've given you the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are about to, to bear fruit in your life, but you need to come and be with me. Before we move quickly to the, our response, I want us to pause for a minute. I want to encourage you at home on, on YouTube, just close your eyes and bow your head. I want us to give some space for the Spirit of God to speak to us. And I want to ask you two questions. Are there any fattened calves that you're looking for? What is that fattened calf that you're asking God to give you? Because you think just you, because if you get it, your life would be so good. What is that fattened calf in your life? And the second question I want you to ask is this. The answer is this. When, what, where, and how are you going to spend time with your Heavenly Father this week? When? When are you going to spend time with Him during the week? How are you going to spend time with Him during the week? What are you going to do? Spend time with him because he wants to give you the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control that you desperately want. But we need to be with him. Let's take a minute to respond to God. In silence, prayer. And then we'll sing one last song. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us.
God, you, we're so grateful you love us, not because we are shaping up, that we're living the life that we ought to live. But you love us out of mercy and grace. And even on our bad days, your grace hold us. And God, thank you. In your infinite wisdom and infinite love. That you love us more than just giving us things. God, we confess our hearts are tickled easily by earthly things. We wanted that fattened calf. But we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you want something more for us. That you give us yourself. You love us deeply. You give us the best thing that there is, that is yourself. So God, I pray that this week we will start rediscovering the intimacy that we can have with you. Lord, help us to hit pause. Lord, quiet down our hearts. Chisel out any calluses in our hearts. So that day after day, throughout the day, we will come meet with you, whether through your word, through songs of praise, through prayer. And Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you and experience you and enjoy you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.